for Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in their hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And normally, this is my place where I thank Home Instead for being such an awesome sponsor for Fireside Talk Radio, and we do love them, and we love their support. But today, I'm going to just do something a little bit different for these, this episode and the, and the other episode that we did about Cynthia Tobias's story. I wanted to dedicate, she's, Cynthia Tobias has taught the world how valuable it is to be a strong woman. And my beloved friend, Marsha Harrison, passed away recently. And so David and I decided we would dedicate these two episodes to Marsha Harrison because there is there was never a woman who more exemplified being strong and using all that beautiful strength to demonstrate her faith and to make the community that she lived in a better place. So uh, with that in mind, I just want to honor my dear friend who was a great example of strength and using your strength to the benefit of everyone else. So thank you, Cynthia Tobias, for joining me today on this wonderful episode. Oh, it's truly my pleasure. Well, we're talking, I wanted to talk to you because I, I was sitting with some girlfriends yesterday and I told them some of my questions and they actually coached me on how to ask this question more gently. But we wanted, when I told them that we were going to be talking about strong women in the workplace, they just started laughing and, and, and everybody gets it. If you're a strong woman in the workplace, it can be, it can be a real challenge. I mean, because you know what you want to accomplish and not everybody else gets it. <laughs> Right. It could be men or women that, that just don't know what to do with that much strength in one little package. So my friend said, well, say it this way, go, because you would, I'm pretty direct. I had a quick way of saying this, but here's my real question. No one intends to be intimidating. We don't try to be, but sometimes you can see from other people's body language that something you said has not settled right with them. So my question for you, Cynthia, with all the experience you have, how do you recommend that a person like me might handle that situation? You know, I, I think awareness is half the battle. As a, as a strong-willed woman, and, you know, in my book with the Woman of Strength and Purpose, I, I surveyed about 450 from around the country, and we compared notes and stuff. We found we have a lot in common that way. We don't, we don't intend to be impatient, but it's just, it's like, well, I'm sorry I ran over you, but why were you just standing there? Um, it's, <laughs> it, it's not it's not meant to be um, mean or anything. We just we have a, a certain drive and ambition, and it can get you, you know. There's a big difference between a strong-willed woman with God and a strong-willed woman without God. That's the bottom line, which I know you know well. Yeah. And and if I it, it's if I take my strong will and put it at the foot of the cross 
God doesn't just take it away and keep it. He takes it away, he con- consecrates it, and gives it back to me. And and one of the things that I think is very important as a strong-willed woman is to have two or three really good accountability partners in your life. For me, I've got my sister and a couple friends, not my husband, because they're usually not the best ones, because yeah. we don't take criticism as well from them. And we don't get criticism as well from a stranger. In fact, I just saw a Facebook meme that said, don't take criticism from anybody you wouldn't take advice from. So ah. so I I want my accountability partners, if they see me acting in a way that's hurtful or that is inappropriate, and especially since I might not be aware of it, I want them to be able to come to me and say, did you actually mean to, you know, I think it might have hurt that person's feelings. And to make me more aware, I think, you know, I learned a lot from the time I was a 26-year-old strong-willed woman, impetuous, Mm -hmm. you know, the only woman on the police force and feeling pretty proud of myself and stuff. And so I, I, I learned how to, I got taken down a peg or two, and with the help of God, to understand how to really kind of rein some things in. One of the things I, I, I especially understand now, because my specialty is dealing with strong-willed kids. My my book, You Can't Make Me, But I Can Be Persuaded, is one of my most popular ones with, yeah, that's with strong, funny. for strong-willed kids of any age, right? And one of the key things is um, those who anger you control you. So ah. I discovered early on, if I take the bait, if someone you know, says something that it does trigger me and think, oh, boy, I can just, I'm going to mow you down for it. If they can make, then then they control the situation. And I don't want to let go of that control. Wow. that that I've had that happen in classrooms when I was substitute teaching. But I will tell you, I think this right. is funny. I, I believe my mother would have loved to have owned all your books if they'd been written in the 1950s when I was being, in 60s when I was being raised. Uh, I'm pretty sure she would have liked them. My son says, Mom, you've got the energy of a 30-year-old. You're really slowing down. <laughs> For me, it's just a matter of energy. And, and, and people may see it as drive, but really, I just have a lot I want to accomplish. Is that drive? Right. And, and I think the awareness is helpful. I also think it's helpful to understand. I understand, especially these days with our current culture, that that when we want to work side by side, my my desire when I went into the police department as the only woman was not to prove anything about being a woman. I wanted to work side by side with men, shoulder to shoulder, and prove that I that I could be relied upon. You can count on me. I've got your back. I'm not yeah. asking for any special favors. I'm not looking to, to for sexual harassment. I mean, you know, sometimes the guys would say inappropriate things. Now, if there was, if they stepped over the line, that was one thing. But most of the time, I reminded myself, they're guys. And, and I know, and so somebody would say, well, that's sexist. No, it's a reality, right? I, and so, so I'm, if, I, if they have to be on, defen- on the defensive with me and they have to worry and walk on eggshells on how they treat me, then in a life and death situation, we're in trouble. They need to know they can count on me. And I'm not saying... That, that men and women don't have differences, of course we do. But I didn't go into it to um, to try to prove I am a woman, hear me roar, and I want to conquer men. I went into it to say I want to work side by side, shoulder to shoulder, and and that's one of the I think one of the keys. I didn't um, I don't want to be a man. Women who try to be like men are usually not successful. Men, women who want to work side by side with men. And, and we use each other's strengths, uh, I think that's much more successful 
than trying to go improving something. And again, I learned that the hard way early on, but it really held me in good stead later. You know what I like about that is the the whole teaching in Corinthians about all our different gifts coming together. And Mm -hmm. that's what I like about your book on learning styles. It, it, it opened up my mind to understand that I had not just been such an oddball, but really I wasn't fitting into a classroom setting because that's not my learning style. And I tended to challenge and ask questions, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It, of course, as a young person, maybe it was perceived that way, but I know now that God really wants me to analyze and consider and think deeply, and, and you have to do that with some analysis. So that's not a bad thing. Right. Uh, and as a leader, and, as a leader, as a strong-willed woman who's a leader, I have to remember I, I tend to dish it out when I can't take it, right? I don't right. like ultimatums. I don't like people bossing me around. Right. So I have to, to bring myself up short sometimes and realize, hey, wait a minute. If, if, this, if, I, if, I were given, if I were getting this direction instead of giving it, how would I feel about this? I would hate it. So, so I, I have to sort of it takes one to know one kind of think. Um, and, and, I, and I tell parents this, too, in the Strong-Willed Kids seminars, you know, saying sometimes you ask more questions instead of issuing orders. What a difference between saying, hey, I need that report on my desk at 5, or saying, hey, are you going to be able to get that report on my desk by 5? Yeah, um, so- it's a friendlier way. It doesn't mean that, that I don't still need it, but it's it's good practice for me to realize I need to set the example. I need to model the kind of behavior and reaction I want back from those that I'm leading. Oh, I love that. Actually, one of my questions on my list was, in what ways can we sensitively and respectfully engage fellow leaders, whether they're male or female? Because a strong personality will intimidate people accidentally, uh, and it doesn't matter if they're male or female. And and we've all experienced that, where somebody kind of intimidated us. So. And made, and I know, especially growing up in school, I was I was often often felt like I was intimidated, like I shouldn't speak up, even though that was my nature to do so. And, so, and sometimes you can really diffuse the situation by if someone says something really outrageous, um, instead of reacting negatively, you know, I found if I say, "Whoa, are you are you trying to make me mad?" And yeah. They then gives them a chance to go. No, no, is that I I didn't mean to make you mad. Oh, right. okay, well, I'm probably just taking it the wrong way or, you know, I say to my kid, my strong-willed kid, you know, are you trying to get in trouble? And yeah. he would say, "No, is that what's happening?" and I would say, "We're getting really close." And I'm then we're both <laughs> smiling and grinning and he's backing up. You know, I'm yeah. giving that golden opportunity to bow out gracefully um that I would want as the strong-willed person. I just I I have to practice what I preach. Well, I think it's so interesting. I I really love that you've given us such practical advice on this and practical examples. When we come back, we're going to have about two minutes or maybe a minute before the break. I want to ask a little bit about fear. That's become a real interesting topic to me, anxiety and fear and how it affects how it's affected by our personality types. And I also want to talk a little bit about in church because, you know, fear and faith are sort of partners and they come together at church, sometimes in some funny ways. So anyway, we're going to go to the break here in, in just a second. You probably have 30 seconds if you want to say something really quick. Well, I, I think, you know, and we'll talk about the way we work, taking charge of your own success. The key in 
overcoming a lot of anxiety is going to be to be a confident learner and to learn how to focus on your strengths because you can't build on weakness. You can only build on strength. I love it. That is so excellent. Now, don't forget, if you're listening in, and we love it that you are, Cynthia Tobias, C-Y-N-T-H-I-A, Tobias, T-O-B-I-A-S dot com. And you can also go to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F-V-E dot com for more information. And I'll be posting both of these podcasts on my website so you can find them there. Don't want to miss and so stay with us. Side Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder. But even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help, but sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know Mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. Thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Welcome back. We're talking with Cynthia Tobias, and I'm going to quote you, Cynthia, from your book, A Woman of Strength and Purpose, Directing Your Strong Will to Improve Relationships, Expand Influence, and Honor God. Here's the quote I couldn't wait to begin this segment with. The enemy would have us think that it's wrong to possess strong will. He tries to make us feel guilty for using it or to discourage us from speaking up, especially in the church. That's because he knows that when strong will is voluntarily given to God and used for God's purposes, his purposes, it becomes a mighty force for God. 
I love that quote. I love that quote. Thank you for writing that. Yeah, you know, people will say, well, you you were a police officer in a police department as a military, paramilitary organization, and you had to obey orders and, and have them barked out at you, and how in the world with being so strong-willed could you do that? And I always tell them, <laughs> oh, that's easy. I knew going in what would be required of me, and I voluntarily surrendered that authority to them, and so they didn't have problems. It's, it's like being in, it's like enlisting versus being drafted, right? If you're going to come after my strong will and wrestle me for it, you're never going to get it. But if there's a relationship and there is a motivation, it's why I can, can lay all of my strong will at the foot of the cross in exchange for that relationship with Christ. I voluntarily give that will to him and let him use it and let him bless it and let him, you know, check me on different points. And I think that's, again, we go back to the key of a strong-willed woman whose heart belongs to God is very different than the strong-willed woman whose heart does not. Well, I loved what you added in that next paragraph of that section with that quote, and it had to do with women praying together. And imagine the impact of a strong-willed woman who's determined to pray with her strong-willed friends. And, I mean, you could have been describing my life. I, I have seen more answer to prayer just because... I have some strong-willed fellow prayer warriors, and we don't give up. We just keep asking God and pestering Him. That's right. We... I tell people, if you've got something that people tell is impossible and you're real discouraged about it, who do you want praying for you? Well, I want a group of strong-willed women praying for me. I want to go tell them, they said this can't be done, and they'd say, oh, honey, sit down. Let's just, you know, let's pray about it. I want them praying for me because I know they're going to get a hold of I know they're going to get a hold of it and not let it go. Yes, and that doesn't mean I always start in the right place where I'm asking God for the right thing. Sometimes I I have to get to the place where I'm saying your will, not mine. Well, Oswald Chambers Chambers says we need to do a lot more praying for more of the one who answers prayer instead of so much for the specific prayers. He says pray for more of God who is the one who answers them, and that's really helped me over the years. I I believe it. I, I see that. And the more I know who he is, then I, the more I know what he's capable of and yeah. what he's what he's wanting to do for my family, for me, for this culture that we live in, that he is blessed so richly. Amen. So I, I am all about that. OK, so now let's talk about church and we're strong willed women, women. And I, I find this in my own church. I love my little church, Galilee Baptist Church. And I, I love being a participant in that body and that community. And I know I'm a strong willed person and, and I'm pretty sure I'm not fooling anybody else at church about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, but also one of the things I love, Cynthia, my, my church is and we're in East Texas. So we have lived with segregation way too long here, but I, my husband and I are members of a historically African American church. And one reason we were attracted to that church is and historically, in this part of the country, African-American people really love strong women. And by necessity, you know, there's a long tradition sure. there needing to be strong. And so they value all family members to be strong. And I, I personally love that. It's really ministered to my soul. So I don't find myself being such a threat there. But I, I have been in churches where it was difficult in some ways because of the strength of my character and the limits of how people perceive the tradition in the church of like, okay, so for instance, we were at church recently and I knew this would be funny. Um, we were studying some of Tony Evans stuff and he talks about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and the leader of our little group, our little small group is a 
fabulous female teacher, very strong woman, very beautiful, submitted to God kind of person with a great deal of strength. And so I raised my hand in the big group and I said, now look at this, fellas. Jesus himself fed people. So this is not, the kitchen is not necessarily women's work. (laughs) (laughs) So tell me about that. Tell tell us, uh, share what practical insight you have about being a strong woman at church. How do you manage that? Well, I I think, again, we go back to uh, if I'm bossy uh, and if I'm impatient, I don't like that in men, and I certainly wouldn't like it in women either. And so much of of our strengths transcend race, creed, color, culture, gender. God created us um, as an individual. Each of us have so many individual and unique strengths and abilities. If I put my focus on, on, you know, men and women, then I'm focusing on gender automatically, which makes me, you know, which is inappropriate. We we focus on strengths. We focus on complementary strengths and how we can strengthen one another instead of looking at the negative ways of and being defensive. I found that once I discovered what my strong will meant and, and that I was, that God gave it to me on purpose, I was much less defensive about my right to use it, right? And and so and I yeah. notice this in a lot when we talk about mentoring the younger generation of strong willed women. If yeah. you if you get real defensive about it, uh, then it doesn't come across with a sweet fragrance of the spirit of, of Christ. But and and we're not talking about I mean like I'm not a frou frou girl, but but I, I don't have anything against frou frou girls. We need both. I right. you know, I don't I don't like the women's ministry stuff if they're fashion shows and teas and luncheons. I like it if they're more activity oriented on something else, but but I wouldn't take away any of it. I would I would keep all of it. My sister, you know, who is not a strong-willed person typically, I mean everybody has some, but I quote her in the book where she said, you know, you're a trailblazer and I'm a trail walker. And Aww. she said we need both because she said if if everybody were trailblazers, there'd be empty trails, and if everybody were trail walkers, we'd never go anywhere new. She said yeah. we need both, and and that was I thought that was very insightful and very yes. true that we are not trying to turn one into the other, and we're not trying to elevate one over the other. We're saying we really do need each other, and instead of trying to prove ourselves better than the other, we figure out how can we use these complementary strengths to accomplish what we need to accomplish in the kingdom of God. Matthew six thirty three talks about. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things are are going to work out, right? But what what you have to do, and my my goal, and what I told my boys growing up, I would periodically ask them, when they especially if they misbehaved, I'd say, Robert, do you still want your life to bring honor and glory to God? And he would mm-hmm. say, Oh well, yeah. And I would say, Do you think what 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 happened just did that? And he, he would say, Oh no, no. And and you know, I constantly ask myself that even now, I think. Wait a minute, I want everything I say and everything I do to bring honor and glory to God. So if I if I get bossy, if I get judgmental, if I get defensive, then I'd have to ask myself, is this what brings honor and glory to God? I love that as a question for your kids. I mean, what a great way to reformat the conversation. Rather than being polarized, you ask a question like that and suddenly you're on the same team. I want to help you. Is this what you want? 
do you think this is honoring? You know, is this right. is this still and, what your life is about? And pretty soon I, I would always say, Robert, do you think I know? I know. I know. He would say. <laughs> so I mean, we, we got it to that. be enough of a behavior that I didn't even have to say the whole thing, and he was going, okay, 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 I get it. Yeah, I love that. I try very hard to haunt my children in that way. <laughs> my mother my mother was a genius at it. She did her best with me. I have to give her plenty of credit here. <laughs> well, I, I really love what you're saying about uh, finding the place where we're looking at each other's strengths. And here's a great example. Whenever I go into a committee meeting for any kind of gala or anything that we're working any community project, I always try to sit by the people that can do math. <laughs> so, right, right. I mean, me too. That, and, and, you know, what's interesting about that is when I've been the leader of a committee, the people that do math in that committee, they feel cherished. Those right. people that are linear thinkers that know how to get the jobs done and, and can be systematic. Like you said, if you, if you have only trailblazers, guess what? Behind you, that trail is going to close because the woods will overgrow the path. That's right. You have to have people who can do all the other things that have to happen all the important organizational things that happen in a committee, for instance. So I, I love it that you are uh, so aware of that and that you're giving us another way to think about it. When you speak to big groups, and many of them are not from a Christian perspective, I, I loved your thought that you try to share things that are um, practical so that people can then begin to understand the truth in your life comes from your relationship with Christ. So right. do you have example, any thoughts? Well, this uh-huh. newest yeah. book, The Way We Work, with um, I use it in the secular community. It, it, will, it's, it, won't, it won't keep it from any secular business. It's, but it's obviously, when you read it, you know it's from a biblical worldview. But yes. there's nothing in it that would keep it out of, you know, I've, I've spoken for General Motors and Walt Disney and other places where you can't say what your relationship is necessarily with the Lord, but it's, but, you know, again, when you're coming from a position of strength and valuing people and showing them how to find out what they do best and how to use it and build on it, that's, that's, that's God. There's no doubt. That's how you were created, and that's who you're meant to be. But you, don't, you, can, you can lift him up without well, I, making it a blatant. I love it that you can talk about Jesus without being hurtful. I, I, that makes me so happy. I really want to thank you for that. Uh, we do talk about that quite a bit on our blog and on our, our podcast. We're looking for ways to, we want to give Christians tools so that they can talk about difficult topics with family members or at work. Uh, abortion is a great example. Some of our podcasts on that are very tender, very gentle. Mm-hmm. And and that's our goal is to give people tools that they can share. And so I really appreciate what you've shared today about being strong in the workplace because I think some Women who may have a Christian perspective will feel comfortable taking your all that you share today to their work, and 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 it opens up a conversation then and allows us to talk about things that may feel uncomfortable to us. Right, and instead of focusing on the criticism, again we can start with the strength. I can say to someone, <clears throat> you know what? One of the things I like about you the best is the strength of your convictions. And, yeah, and. And then we can start from there, right? Because anytime you start with a weakness, then we don't really have any place to go. But if I start with something I really like about you, um, then we can build on that. And, 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 have- and the other thing you can do is you can say, look, the bottom line is this. And if we can agree on a bottom line, then we can find lots of different ways to get there and value and respect another person's 
methods of getting there, but I still love it. value the fact that the bottom line accountability is the same. I have to close, but I want to tell you one thing I admire about you so much is your long, faithful devotion to this project of bringing such good material to our culture. Thank you, Cynthia, so much oh, for thank that. You, Kathy. And Appreciate come that. back anytime. You. God bless you too. Thank okay. you. 